We're so thankful for our community of supporters that makes Justice Special possible. This season of Justice Special is brought to you by Kids Crossing, a private foster care agency created by foster parents for foster parents. So Rachel, I've mentioned before on our podcast what an amazing support our home coordinator, Nicole Barnett, has been to my family on our foster care journey. Yes, tell us a little bit more. What does that look like for you all? Well, Nicole and I actually got the chance to sit down and chat about her role. So I'll let you hear from Nicole herself. So my role as a home coordinator, it can be so many things. I wear many hats. Part of my job is to make sure that the foster parents are following state and county rules, also to be a support. So be that shoulder to cry on, be the sounding board when foster care gets really rough, which it does, um, when the kids are making me crazy, or even just be there to encourage and support in whatever way I can, letting you know you guys are doing an amazing job. Filing all the fun paperwork, keeping files on the kids, finding those resources for kids when they need certain and specific things, whether it's therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, and extracurriculars too. That's important as a kid to have sports to play or gymnastics or arts and crafts, things like that. I think the big thing that resonates with me is So our founder, Jan, something her and her husband would say was, keep your eye on the child if everything else will fall into place. And that is kind of how I see my role is you as the foster parent, keep your eye on the kid and I will make sure everything else is covered. It's great to hear that we have people like Nicole supporting kids in care and their families. I couldn't agree more with you. And Nicole has even physically shown up at our home during difficult times. And she's just been an incredible support. Kids Crossing has four locations across Colorado and Denver, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, and La Junta. Learn more at kidscrossing.com and tell them just a special sent you. Welcome to Just a Special, the place to learn more about foster care from diverse perspectives. I'm Natasha, a foster mom. And I'm Rachel, a mentor to kids in care. So today's episode is actually a continuation of our previous episode where we spoke with longtime foster mom and foster parent trainer Kaleo George. So if you haven't already done so, we suggest going back and listening to that episode called Can You Just Sit With Me In This Mess? Yes. So foster care impacts everyone in the home, including children. And today we're focused on the children's perspective. So one question I get asked about a lot is how do biological kids respond when a family starts fostering? I don't have kids of my own, so I can't answer that question, but Kaleo can. Kaleo has three biological kids who are 13, 14, and 15, and they currently have a 13-year-old boy in care joining their family. So we came into foster parenting with the understanding that this was a family commitment. Like, our kids were going to be in this just as much as we were, and it would impact their lives in really direct ways. And so we have tried to include them in, um, for sure, in any decision-making process. Interestingly, that's gotten more challenging um, as they've gotten older. Our current placement has been with us for about a year. And I remember when we were deciding on whether we would say yes or no to a placement just this last round, so over a year ago, all of the kids said, if you get a call during the day, I really want you to call me at school and let me know. I don't want to just show up at home and have there be a new person there, Um, which we hadn't had to do in the past. You know, we had a little bit more um, 
direct say when the kids were younger about placement choices. But we did that. You know, there were, I would say there were three different cases that we would call the school and get them out of class and they would call us back and we would say, this is what it was. This is the kiddo they're describing. And we would give them the opportunity to say, yeah, I'm interested in that. Let's invite that person in. Or I don't think I want to do that. You're getting a placement. And in a lot of ways, it's pretty random. It's a random kid coming into your home. They have their own expectations. They have their own family culture that they come from, which is often very different from your own family's culture. And to just mesh all those personalities of like with your partner and your biological kids as well. I mean, I can only imagine. How have you seen it play out for your biological kids? And like, what have you and your partner done to kind of support them in the foster parenting? I would say the impact on each of the kids has been really different, just like it's different on my husband and I. My oldest daughter, um, she really loves it. She is a real nurturer and uh, she wants to be involved. She would love to have babies all the time. Uh, She does not mind getting up in the middle of the night and helping me with diapers or letting me take a nap and she'll take a feeding. She just really loves it. One year she did a foster care drive and collected board games for foster families. Um, So she's like really in it, kind of a heady perspective. You know, she's interested in the intricacies of how foster care works, as well as I love having kids in my house. And then I have a kiddo that is in and out of it and kind of creating a little bit of chaos and tension. My youngest kiddo uh, has been really interesting to watch him interact with each placement. I feel like it's been kind of consistent that he is kind of annoyed by most of the kids that come in and uh, they can have some conflict. And then when they leave, it's it's like his heart fills with compassion and he thinks, oh, I really miss having that kiddo around. The next time I'm going to I'm going to do way better. And that's just really fun to watch my kids process through that. And then our middle kiddo, I would say he's been kind of our quietly supportive kid. He's not overly involved or interested in it. And he's not anti it. It's it's interesting to think about their their differing perspectives. However, Lincoln, my middle kiddo, was the one that asked us to call them at school. It's really valuable to him at this stage in life for him to be in the process of decision making. It was out of his request for that that we decided to go ahead and and say, yeah, that seems really reasonable. This is going to affect your life. So we're going to go through kind of extreme measures to make sure that you're included in the decision-making process. And then when you have kids coming into your home as a placement, is there times where there's like jealousy? It sounds like your youngest maybe can sometimes get a little jealous, like being the baby. Yeah. Right. Or um, sometimes with the kids in care in your home, are they getting jealous over the biological kids' attention? Yeah. I think that those are all implied realities of foster care. It's so funny, like as you think about the life of a foster care case, you've got that honeymoon phase where everybody's kind of excited and you're getting to know this person. And then the challenges come where um, maybe foster kiddo is picking up on my inability to connect with them and are like clawing at me, figuratively speaking, to like connect with me. Or, or they are feeling jealous of, of the connection that I have with our biological kids. And then, you know, there are definite times that, um, especially with kiddos that we've had in our home that have more significant behavioral challenges, our time and effort and attention is placed on the person that is having the most challenge. And oftentimes that has been our foster kids. So, you know, we've had our kids come to us and say, I miss you. I'm really sad about how much time you spend with that kiddo. So 
you know, we're mentioning the unmentionable in that as much as possible and trying to follow up with our kids to have conversations and debrief a lot. How did that affect you? What should we do differently? And and then just adjusting like, okay, now's the season that we need to spend one-on-one time with our biological kids. So, you know, certain nights of the week, we'll take them out on a date or find ways to hopefully to get ahead of some of that and plan for some of that repairing that needs to continually happen throughout a case. And sometimes you're just exhausted and your kid comes to you and says, this sucks. I don't like this. And we're playing catch up and saying, okay, let's let's readjust and address this issue so that we're not dealing with some sort of big explosion at the end that's hard to recover from. In some ways, I feel like we've said yes with as much knowledge as we can. I was thinking about this this morning, actually. It reminds me of, uh, you know, if you make a commitment to a person in marriage, you say yes to this promise that you actually have no idea what you're saying yes to. So true. So true. It's like, you know, we're all starry eyed and have the best of intentions. But when the rubber really hits the road, love is such a choice. And it's our commitment to say, yes, I'm in this or no, I'm not. And so we've just made that commitment. We made it to the best of our ability and feel like we're taking it as it comes. And so after each placement, we sit down as a family and we almost always take a bit of a break um, to regroup. And then we check in with each other about like, when should we do this again? Do you want to do this again? And um, I think we're holding, we're holding pretty loosely, especially, you know, if you didn't pick it up, I have four teenagers at home. Right. That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) Moving into this new season of of having teenagers, wondering, maybe we will take a little bit of a break for a while. Just hard for me to wrap my mind around because we started with our kids so young and it's so ingrained into kind of who the Georges are that it seems important to me to pay attention to our little nuclear family and understanding that breaks are not necessarily a bad thing um, and that we're in this for the long haul. So if we took a break for a year or two or more, whatever that looks like, that the work will still be there and there are other ways to be involved. And anyways, just things that that I think about as a foster parent, you know, the need never goes away. So it feels like ah, if I, if I don't continue to do this, I don't know, there just always feels like there's a need. So giving permission to be a healthy individual and to have a healthy family is at at the top of our priority list as our kids come into teenage years. Mm -hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. And it's such a marathon and not a sprint. For sure. And I think it's so much better to take that space to be healthy and regroup when you need to than to just keep pushing and then burning out. Once we started foster care, I just found myself drawn to what does trauma do to a body and a brain and, and development? I just found it all so fascinating. I was learning these skills of how to regulate and how to pay attention to my emotions, how to identify emotions and how they're different than thinking. I just felt like it was repetition over and over and over, like what our kids need as they're learning new skills to cope with life in healthier ways. I think that started a journey that I feel like I'm still on and hope to always be on of just constant learning. And I really want to carry the value of being able to live the things that I feel like I want to teach my kids or my community. We as foster parents have an impact on our community. And I just, again, I feel really committed to that work to to pay attention to my own story and how it plays out. One thing that Cleo mentioned that I really appreciated is the importance of taking breaks. 
She said that her family takes a break after every placement that they have. And that's something my partner and I did as well. After our first long-term placement, we actually took a several month break just to create some space for rest. So we made sure we weren't burning out and also to just create some time to be able to assess and learn from our foster care experiences. Yes, Natasha, I think it's so important that we're intentional with our breaks. I just moved states. And so I'm just now going through the application process of being a mentor in the state of Arkansas. So during this time of waiting for my application to process, I'm looking back at my previous experiences of being a mentor and seeing how I can be a better mentor here. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. And thank you to our special guest, Kaleo George. Foster care is a journey and we can't do it alone. So we are looking for virtual volunteers who can help us expand our database for foster care resources from the comfort of your own home. You can learn more at justaspecial.com forward slash volunteer. Just as Special runs on community support. Every dollar you contribute goes straight into giving kids and care a better tomorrow. Your support allows us to keep creating our podcast to inspire listeners to action, provide online training for foster parents focused on reducing placement disruptions, and expand our database to fight foster family burnout. Help us give kids and care a better tomorrow by visiting justaspecial.com forward slash donate. And thank you for your support. And as always, we love hearing from our listeners. Care reached out to us over email to say, I had a five-hour car ride with my three-year-old foster son yesterday. While he sat in the backseat watching the Cars movie, I made it through a bunch of your episodes. It was the first time listening, and I just wanted to say thank you. I'm a single foster mom in Brooklyn, and while I have my squad of two other Brooklyn foster moms, it's always nice to hear other perspectives, be pushed to expand some of my perspective, and be validated in some of my feelings and experiences. So just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much, Kara, for listening. Please let us know what you thought of this episode at hello at justaspecial.com or reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram at justaspecial. This season of Just As Special is brought to you by Kids Crossing, a private foster care agency created by foster parents for foster parents. So Natasha, foster parenting is no walk in the park, but what do you think is one thing that makes it a lot easier? A home coordinator, hands down, is my answer. And I actually got the chance to sit down with my own home coordinator, Nicole Barnett, from Kids Crossing. And she shared how Kids Crossing supports their foster families. I absolutely love my job, the people that I work with, and the culture that we have at Kids Crossing. We are not just a child placement agency. We are so much more. You develop this relationship with your families and really get to know them on a deeper level. And you become almost an extension of the family. And you very much feel that coming from Kids Crossing as well. The support that that Kids Crossing gives to families is more than just, oh, here, I'm going to, you know, make sure you're following the rules and we're going to file this paperwork. And great, we placed a kid in your home. It's, you know, around the holidays, we will do a huge holiday party and we will get, make sure that kids are getting gifts and make sure the family is supported as well. This last year with COVID was pretty rough. And so we were sending like Grubhub gift cards. We were sending care packages from Amazon with arts and crafts and coloring books or puzzles or games to families to try to find things that maybe didn't need a lot of parental support or supervision where the kids could just do it on their own to hopefully give a break. 
We support our families in so many ways throughout the year. When a family gets a placement, if they need assistance with clothing or shoes or anything like that, we have had so many amazing donors that have given us items that we can then pass along to families. Clothing, like all of that stuff adds up. And so whatever we can do to help support our families, Kids Crossing is doing. Wow, that's truly a lot. I can see how that all adds up. Right. And I can tell you from personal experience that Kids Crossing is truly supportive of their foster parents as well as diverse foster families. So what are you waiting for? Kids Crossing has four locations across Colorado in Denver, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, and La Junta. Learn more at kidscrossing.com and tell them just a special sent you.